Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. a video that had a part of the chorus line in it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm refraining. might call it a chorus line. Either call it or the <laughs> kiss today goodbye, the sweetness and the sorrow. Ugh, it's such a beautiful song. I love it. <laughs> Wish me now the same. All right. I don't know that show at all. You don't know that song? No. Uh, only from you, like, singing it. I don't know the... You don't know the song? What? Don't forget, can't regret what I did for love. For love. Oh, yeah. What I, I, I did for, for love. Oh, yeah, because that was oh. like a pop song. Yeah, I know that. Oh, my God. It's such a, I was really getting upset. <laughs> Kiss today, goodbye, key change. I like how I called it the chorus line. And I'm like, you don't know that song? A chorus line. It's the one with all the chorus lines um, in it. It's the one that has all the choruses, Dan. <laughs> Won't regret. I just like how enunciated it is. Can't forget what I did. Welcome to the final midnight snack of 2021. Wow. A whole year of podcasts 
with Dan and some guests. And we, you know, Dan, I wasn't even sure we were going to get you today. I Dan know. is the hottest ticket in town. He's too wanted. I really am. I'm glad we're uh, able to make it happen. Like so many crazy things happened yesterday that like we tr we sort of tried to record yesterday and then I got like locked in my friend's apartment. I couldn't get out. I moved out of my apartment. And by the way, they finally rented the shit out. So I'm like off the hook now, finally, That's for that great. apartment. Yeah. So I have no home to quote Elaine Bennis. <laughs> no home. Um, <laughs> if you know of any apartment deals or you yourself are going to move in New York, do reach out. That's a good way to get a good apartment deal. Think about it. Yeah, that the is listeners. good. That is good, actually. Yeah. Get a rent Guys, stabilized I need, one. Yeah. I want a rent. Listen, this is what I want. <laughs> I want a rent stabilized apartment in Manhattan. Really? Reach out. <laughs> um also my friend is looking so if anything's in williamsburg uh also reach out and hey, you can forward it to send me send it to me <laughs> you, I would, I'd live in you would never live in williamsburg would you you know i lived i once killed my friend's topiaries in williamsburg famously <laughs> i think they like never die they're like the kind of things that just don't die yeah. and she was like we'll let you stay in our beautiful luxury modern apartment but just please please take care of our topiaries they cost a lot of money and i go Top of the morning to ya. I said, don't ask again. I will absolutely take care of these beautiful shaped bushes. And I think that I don't know what happened, but when they came back, it was like the beauty and the beast rose. Like there was one leaf left on them. And I was like, I I overloved. It's what I do. I over yeah. I, I got clingy with them, I think. I checked on them too much and they were just like, no. Don't look at me. And they were they were. <laughs> yeah, they were really shy topiaries. They were just like constantly hiding from me. I was like, boo, like what around the it, corner. Is it, what is a topiary? Does that mean like it's carved into like an animal shape or what? Well, these were two balls on wooden uh -huh. sticks. Like they oh. were the <laughs> twisted trunks. What a loss. And then just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One was a mandrill. And then can you imagine like the most complicated animals? And one was a, pl a duck-billed platypus. And I'm sorry I killed him. Okay, call PETA. Call the PETA for plants. I don't know what you want me to say. Um, I'm in Verona, Italy. Every week I'm in a new location, almost not by choice. I don't really know what I'm doing, to be honest with you. But I'm here. It's a very beautiful little town, Verona. Mm. I've been before. Um, I was saying on my radio show, I always judge cities by how many double XLs their Zaras have. Like, um, because sometimes like in New York, I can almost never find double XLs at Zara mm -hmm. and Verona for you double XLers out there. Uh, Microsoft double XLs. They thank you. They um, must be very small boned people. I don't see a lot of heavy people here, even though the only thing they serve is pasta and sandwiches. I don't know how people shit. Wow. Like, uh, how do people shit in Italy? <laughs> Shittily. I don't know. <laughs> they need to, they do. I'm going to yeah, open up a salad shittily. place yeah. called Shittily where it's just roughage. <laughs> I mean, Pete, they don't have any leaves here. They put some rocket or arugula on like a panini and that they're like, well, enjoy. But yeah, um, I got so many X double X's at a uh, Zara. Oh That's my great. God. It was a dream, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, we have um, two weeks off. This podcast is going on a break. Um, and I'm curious as to what you just got back from Paris. Yes. Uh, we, we spoke about that. I'm curious as to what your plans are for this holiday season and for New Year's. Um, so I go with a I'm staying in town, I think. Um, I got invited to like Cancun, the island of women or something. Ila Mujeres. Sorry, what? I got invited to Ila Mujeres. 
the island of women, I think, which is right what near. Is that? It's 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 a place like in Cancun. Like you go to Cancun and then you go to this island. Um, it's called the island of women, and you're going to go there. I got, well, I <laughs> okay. got invited by two, like uh, you know. Well, actually, one invited me, and then one just happened to be there. But like two friends of mine are going to be there. But I, I I'm turning that I down. I would go I'm to Cancun. Gonna, yeah, I know. I would no. not go to Cancun. Nope, nope, nope. They have pirates now um, attacking people on the beach. I was just really? Why is that funny? No, yes. it's not. It's just not. Recently, Dan laughs. Well, I was just friends are going to get you, beheaded. I was just saying that funny. Listen, I was just here with Disney. <laughs> and so when you say pirates, I'm thinking of like. Oh, like those the ride. Kind of Yeah, the no, ride. No, it's like Captain Phillips, like I am the captain Ooh, of pirates, okay. are approaching beach dwellers and like robbing them on boats. It's scary actually Uh-oh. what's going on there. So Uh-oh, that's terrible. No, I don't want to rile anyone up because my dad sent me an article in the middle of the night last night saying that Italy is now on the like most extreme do not travel list. But by the way, let me just say that if COVID spreads here, there's no hope because this is the most mask abiding country mm. in my two years of being um here on this planet during covid they love a mask they wear them i have really not seen anybody indoors without one covering nose and mouth yeah. and most people outdoors wear them so if this shit is spreading in italy we have a problem yeah, like, yeah genuinely yeah. because i don't know at this point what we do other than close everything down again right. that being said um what was I going to say? Oh, but the other thing was my dad said that there was going to be, and I feel like by me talking about this, like I will 100% blow up in like some kind of suicide bomber explosion, but okay. that there's like a terrorist threat in Italy. So Ooh. I didn't see anything of, and that I should like register with the American embassy, which oh. does seem chic, but yeah, yeah but he, I was like looking, but it's for all of Europe. So I can't figure out, is this just like a general always threat? Because think about it, like you can oh. have terrorism at any time. Or yeah. is there chatter? You know, they always talk about the chatter that they hear, like FBI, uh, CIA chatter. That's scary. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. So <laughs> my parents are such downers. I'm like, listen, I'm if it happens. I'm going either way. You know what I mean? Like if I happen to be, if I happen to have the bad luck of being in a place where there is some horrible, God forbid, horrible thing, like sucks. Yeah. When, when your number's up, you know, I'm Um, serious though. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. What else is there to talk about, Dean? Oh, I know what I want to talk about. <laughs> well, Should we edit this whole part out? It's yeah, like maybe. so depressing. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, when you said you were in Verona, it uh, clicked for me because I just saw West Side Story last week. And, and is there a scene in Verona? Well, it's Romeo and Juliet. Right? Oh. <laughs> Can we edit that out? <laughs> you, know, <like> that? <laughs> you know, I didn't make the connection until you yeah. just said that. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Should I walk around singing it? <laughs> you probably should. When you're a jet. Did they leave Officer Krupke in it? Yes. And you know what? Oh, it, I, I always think like it's to me, it's kind of a like a, of all the songs. It's like kind of a dated song, but it is so spectacularly staged and like they really do it up. Like it's, I love I, Officer Krupke. It's a great movie <laughs> i've always loved it i'm di- listen i'm actually dying to see west side story in a very serious way yeah but um i don't it's coming out here i think on christmas day okay. that was a rhyme so i think it's going i what i'm about to say is uh, i'm gonna eat some hay down by the bay oh uh brian safi's coming here from throwing shade now the attitudes podcast but now i'm hoping my dad doesn't also email brian that there's like a terrorist threat in italy i'm like dad can you stop getting involved here and by the way if you go to the belgium if you go to the belgium oh no, on the website belgium france they all have this threat 
Okay, but that's really not what I wanted to talk about. Dan, um, my friend posted this thing. My friend Zara, our friend, yep. Zara Findlay Shiraz, we love. Um, you know, I love reading about famous animals. This is yes. a, we've talked about Mr. Ed many times. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, this week, it was not only National uh, Day of the Horse this week, but uh, also it was National Monkey Day. Did you know that animals <laughs> have their own days like that? It's no, true. no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So Zara posted a, um, a Wikipedia thing that was posted on Depths of Wikipedia, which is a great site. That's how we found out about the, what was that giant thing called? Oh, the, the uh, Cardiff, Cardiff giant. giant, yeah. So there was um, the oldest living cat. I never <laughs> think about these things. And, you know, my family very sadly lost our beloved cat Minky this yeah. year, which was very devastating for us. But um, how old do you think cats can live? Like, if I'm going to say to you, because, you know, the world's oldest woman, I would say probably 120 usually. Yeah. How old do you think the world's oldest cat ever could survive? Oldest ever? Um, I'll say yeah. thir 32. Okay. No. Um, older. Okay, good. <laughs> older. Um, what do I need to keep? 37. 38 years wow, old. Wow, really? The day. Wow. Born. I never really get how they know the date that an animal is born. Like, were they in the alley when, well, you know, <laughs> when it's like the cat mom was like, <sighs> like lamazing. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's August 3rd. You can never really pinpoint a cat's birth unless you were like with it. Right. But anyway, August 3rd, 1967 and died in August 6th, 2005. Wow. Now, the funny thing is, it was a big old thing. Big fat cat. Like, because you would think that it would be some mangy cat till 38. Yeah, like a survivor. I don't survivor. know if you can see this. Look up, crimp. Look how big. Oh, yeah. Chunky gal. Very cute. Oh, and good looking too. Very handsome cat. A white cat, almost with like brown bangs um from austin texas so it was like super hip and it's known for i probably you know the figure this out already being the oldest cat in the world yeah the yeah probably just hammering it home <laughs> but i want to read this because something is up with this you know poor minky had diabetes because mm. um my parents what is the word um fed her to death right yeah so basically so perry this guy jake perry who owned this cat had another cat which I feel like the name already, Grandpa, is uh, was it always called Grandpa? Uh, or just yeah, I know. These people are lying. Grandpa <laughs> Rex Allen, born in Paris, Texas, and died at 34 years old. It was the fifth oldest cat ever known. Ooh. Now, Grandpa Dan was posthumously awarded 1999's Cat of the Year by Cats and Kittens magazine. <laughs> I just want to read this whole wiki page. Um Dan, you, you teased earlier, and I feel like we actually had very similar experiences this week that we need to bond over. Yeah. Because we were both trapped in locations hmm. that we could not escape from. And I don't know if you want to go first and tell everyone uh, the short version. I'll try to do the short version of mine, how we got trapped. Yeah. Well, I went to um, take care of my friend's apartment uh, who he, knew, he, wanted, he basically wanted me to water the plants, take in the mail or something. And so I went over and did it. The lock is very weird. Um, yeah. When I left, I finally got it to shut. So I was like, okay, I'm done with this. And then later that day on this like group text, his neighbor is asking like, hey, are you guys home? The, your light's on, your light's on, your kitchen light's on. And it's like just shining so bright under the door. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. So I was like, all right, I'll go back and turn the light off. I forgot. So I go over, get the door locked, turn the light off. 
And when I go to leave, like, I can't leave. Like, there's something wrong with the door that no. I was, like, locked in. And so I thought the, I, I almost, like, pulled the doorknob out. I had, like, a yeah. butter knife to, like, unscrew the doorknob. I, I don't know. I was doing all this stuff. <laughs> I was looking for fire escapes, which I have to talk to my friend. I don't think there's like even a fire escape out there. So I don't know. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Those fire escapes to me are like you want to talk about. It's almost like how the anti-vaxxers feel about the vaccine. That's how I feel about fire escapes. Like if there's a fire escape, I'm not taking that ladder down the thing because that would scare me more than jumping. Like I would just rather jump. Well, I I just seen West Side Story, so I was into the fire escapes. But like, um, right. So I, uh, but I finally, I I really MacGyvered it. I, I stuck the um butter knife in behind the little doorknob thing and like pried it open and got myself out i felt really good about that so impressive yeah i was like trapped for like 20 minutes i well yeah i I did look through their food they they had like five things of like dried noodles i was like i guess i could stay here for a while but i don't know <laughs> the the cops come within forty minutes and all yeah, the noodles are gone. You're incredibly bloated. Yeah, I guess you're just yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't the only option, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. You've got like the moon face emoji, you're like, I was hungry. Sorry. Uh my story is um one that my uh super fans will I guess understand, which is that um a friend of mine Sunday in Milano. I say it now like the cookie, uh, invited me to a housewarming party at his apartment with some friends. And I thought, oh, that sounds like fun. I'll stay because I was supposed to come to Verona Sunday. I thought I'll come uh, Monday morning and I'll just stay in Milan an extra night. So I wake up early in the morning and, you know, people who shop or compulsive shoppers, you'll get it where I just had the feeling where I was like, I got to go to the outlets today. Like I was just like, I got to. I, I, I was sick of Milan, honestly, like there wasn't a ton for me to do. I had just already walked around 50 fucking times. I was like, I have to go to the outlets and there are outlets outside of Milan that I don't believe a lot of tourists know about called Cetavale, S-E-R-R-A-V-A-L-L-E. Uh, the set of outlets, they're designer outlets about they're in between like Genoa and Milan, closer to Genoa. So, I mean, anyone who knows a map of Italy, people are like, where the fuck is that? Like, no one knows, but whatever. <laughs> Point is about an hour outside and I go to wait for the bus. I buy a ticket for the bus. I'm like going to get in the bus at 1030. I'm up at like eight on a Sunday. Right. So I shower. I'm fresh. I go and I walk and Google Maps, you know, sometimes you put the address in and it won't take you to the actual street. It'll walk you to like the middle of a courtyard. For some yeah. Reason, yeah. Really and then there's like a dotted line to like wherever you're supposed yes, to sort of find dotted it. dotted line. I hate that. It like always goes through like solid objects, like a building or something. It's like, yes. I hate it. Oh my God, I, I've never felt closer to you because this dotted line took me, it was like Mel Gibson and Ransom, middle of some piazza. I'm like, I know that bus is not driving into this piazza. Okay, light at the piazza. So now I have to go back outside. I find the bus stop finally and I'm a minute late. Mm. And I'm like, well, it's Italy. Everybody's late in yeah, Italy. I go yeah. for sure. That bus never came. So I ended up taking an Uber. It was cost as much as anything I bought. I took an Uber, a guy named kind of hot, bald guy named Pasquale in a white turtleneck mm. drove me in his white BMW to the outlets, Dan. Okay. So I was like kind of in heaven. He didn't speak a word of English. And I was like, grazie mille. If you heard me speaking broken Italian to people, I believe that everyone would unsubscribe from the podcast. They'd be like, this girl is unbearably annoying. I hate it too. Don't get me wrong. It is my help. But anyway, I go to the outlets 
They are phenomenally good outlets. Um, something that I never knew happened. And now I'm like, is this like when I eventually get canceled, which is certainly going to happen. Sure. Is this like my future? Which is they had women. Maybe this is the story that cancels me. They had women um, either from China or um, selling to Chinese customers mm-hmm. because of COVID. Obviously, travel is very difficult now for people to come and buy designer things right. uh, at the outlets. They set up a whole studio in the middle of these stores with a little stand and their phone. And they go live on Instagram or whatever, Weibo, whatever app they use. Oh. And they sell the stuff at the outlets live to their followers. Oh, wow. It's like QVC live. That is so smart. you believe that? That is really smart. It is next fucking level. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, I would be great at that. I have to tell you. Yeah. I'm like, shit. The thing for me that would be hard is the self-consciousness of just doing it doing in the middle it. of a store while people right. shopped. Right, right, right. Because right. the funny thing was, I think also this whole COVID thing really helps them because they, Italy has been incredible about, you know, distancing and everything else. Yeah. And so you had to wait in line for each store. You could only have like six people in a huge store uh, okay. at any time. So they had like the floor. I thought they worked there. I was like, oh, I was like tiptoeing. And what was annoying is one girl at the Ferragamo outlet was like holding a pair of flats that I was like, you know, wolf, like licking my teeth. Like I want those flats. And what am I going to do? Like step into her shot and be like, sorry, I want to see what size these are. I mean, you You kind of can because if she's not, but she hadn't bought it yet, right? She just like picked it up off no, the... No, she was just modeling it. So, you know, yeah. speaking Chinese and like holding the stuff up and bending it. I mean, it was just... But literally watching that, I'm like, fuck, I've never seen that before. And that I'm like, so that's smart. what I want to do for work. Yeah, that is really I smart. I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sell... <laughs> fuck this. I want to sell cheap designer goods. And by the way, I feel like I actually could sell to people in China, even though I don't speak Chinese. But even to people back in the States. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. buy the stuff and you ship it to them. Are you kidding? That's a really good idea. I'll tell you what the problem is now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah. Um, because this happened to me once and actually ties into the big thing I bought. Uh, if I think it's in Italy, if you buy something over $800, the taxes, like there's something with the um, the shipping and the, what's the word I'm looking for? Customs. customs. No, there's like all kinds of customs <laughs> duties and things like that on the items so that you can't yeah. send it. No one cares about this. The point is... Bought a really beautiful pair of boots at Ferragamo. I ended up my big purchase. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you have, here's what I'll say. If you have like up to, let's say $1,500, which I admit is a lot of money. It's a lot. It's actually, I always say with a designer bag, I don't ever want to spend more than a thousand. And that's like pushing it. Yeah. yeah. But they had bags there that were like from the store. They had bags. Prada had the most beautiful shit. Bags that were like three grand. They had like 900. I mean, I didn't buy those, but the deals were great and That's legit, because it was yeah. only italians it was legit and because it was not like they weren't appealing to americans the mm-hmm. deals were legit because they were like italians know better they're not gonna fucking spend their money on this right. you know <laughs> anyway i ended up getting um i got myself a little designer bag christmas gift you will be seeing it on my instagram posts i am sure it's massive and boots and i got like a sw- actually i got this sweater oh it's know. nice it's really nice isn't that nice yeah i Thanks. like it and um Anyway, I'm walking to go catch the bus mm-hmm. and, or, you know, it, I figured, well, I'm sure it comes every hour, you know? So now it's about 4.30. I got there because of the Uber at noon. By the way, the bus would have had me there at 11.30. Got there around 12.15. Dan, I go to the bus stop and I'm like, I wonder when this, how long it is till the bus comes. So I go and I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. Yeah. My feet hurt. I mean, it's just too much. Right. 
I go to guest services. There's like these two hipster Italian girls. They were maskless, actually. And I'm like, scusi, buonasera, hi. Like, so annoying. They were like, yeah. I go, what What time? My voice. Do you speak English? What time does the bus come to take everyone back to Milan? And they were like, the bus? And they go, mm-hmm. They go, the bus comes at 6.30, 7.30, and that's it. And I go, oh, should I say it again? They go, 6.30. So now I have two fucking hours to kill at this mall where I've already been in every store. I've already, like, pet every dog. Right. You know what I mean? I've had a sandwich. There's nothing mm-hmm. left for me to do. And I will say that it was almost like when Homer Simpson and the Treehouse of Horror episode got to eat all the donuts. They're like, have as many donuts as you want. And he's like, more, more, more. Like, it was too much. Like, I hit, it was my own level of hell where it's like, you're at the best designer outlet mall in the world, and yet it's too much time here. Right, right, right. I almost snapped. And then I'm waiting for the best. These two other guys come to sit with me, and they're also going to Milan, which is nice. And then, you're actually going to laugh. And then, uh, all these buses come and none of them are the one to Milan. And I'm like, I'm going to end up having to sleep here. And it was freezing out. And so finally our bus comes and the guy is like such an asshole, the driver. I'm just like, I fucking hate this country. So I get on the bus and my two friends who plop themselves. It's a completely empty bus. There's maybe like 10 people on it. Yeah. So I go towards the back because I have big back. They plop themselves right behind me and they start blasting music on their phone. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and it's funny. And they, oh, and they were like eating their, their masks down and stuff. And I'm like, you know, this is another like real problem for me because we had been friendly at the stop. Right, right, so I right. I couldn't be an asshole now and be like, well, just turn that down. Yeah, come on. I had to suffer for an hour and a half. And then they dropped me off by the train station. It was ice cold. I ended, I ended up missing my friend's party. I texted oh, no. him. I was like, listen, it was like nine o'clock. I was like, I... And yeah. a shredded wheat right. bristle. Like, you I can't. don't have it in me. <laughs> so we both got trapped in places that's that awful. were nice. But, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I like everything I bought, so it all worked out. And uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I might go to Venice. Like, I, I don't know. It's a great problem to have, but also I just... <laughs> it's um, a problem, you know. yeah. There was just an article about what the, your uh, the perfect thing to do in Rome for like an overnight or a long weekend or something. I'll send it to you. Oh, some like New York Times. Yeah, Rome. I'm excited about because I actually have friends who live there, and hopefully oh, okay. Brian makes it. So it it will be fun. Just like I mean, I had friends in Milan too, but these little like day trips. You know, then I'm walking around town. I'm like the tallest person in Verona by like a foot and I'm walking and I do feel like I'm getting like a lot of attention. Like today I was walking. I was like, okay, I'm like working it. But then what? I don't even speak Italian. So what is it? Like Sophia Loren being like, what time are we getting dinner tonight? Like, I mean, what am I going to do? Like ask someone out on the street? Like, I'm like, no, I got (laughs) to, you know, I'm making, I'm making it work for me is what I'll say. So anyway, um, all right. Well, I think, well, let me ask you this one last thing. Yeah. Anything you're proud of this year? Why don't we do it like that? Like a look back at 2021. What are you, what are you proud of, Dan? Proud of? <laughs> such a bad um, question. Yeah, wow. Um, we don't have to answer it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let me think about that for next time. Do you have something? proud of anything. Yeah, I know. I can think of like We're a lot of billion proud. things I'm ashamed of. But um, uh, do you have, oh, do you have, do you have something? things I'm ashamed of about you. <laughs> one of my favorite movies. What? Do you have something that you're really proud of? proud of no, yeah I'm Jewish so we okay. I'm that I'm the kind of Jewish where I'm like proud no <laughs> listen you know what though we should be proud that we're healthy and happy that's right I just and got my booster yesterday too so. oh yeah how you feeling it was it was actually good it was less or fewer side effects than either of the other two shots 
But the stupid Did thing... Did your arm hurt? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but that's it. The okay. dumb thing was that I, I went and it was this big um, area where they, they were doing it for like, you know, a dozen people at a time or whatever. And I stupidly like went over there in a shirt just like this, like an Oxford shirt. And I couldn't get the sleeve okay. up. So I had to basically like take off my entire shirt and just like demurely like... I mean, it was just like hanging off like one side of me. Anyway. That is actually, that is, it's like when I got the scoliosis test. Yeah. In middle school, it was in middle school and they made everyone take their shirts off and everyone had a bra at me. (laughs) And I was standing there braless around all these mean middle school girls. Little did I know that within three years, I was going to have mommy milkers from Mars. Like my titties are abundant and overflowing but at the time i didn't know to appreciate it if i would have known in the seventh grade how excited exciting it is to be flat chested i would have constantly been wearing like j-lo's versace oscars dress like oh, right, right, right. deep plunging because now i can't do any of that shit it's like no backless no frontless it's just all fabric all the time and i'd say that's what i'm most proud of this year my heaving bosom my extremely giving beautiful nordstrom rack so on that note dan acton you can follow Dan at Dan underscore Acton on Instagram. You can follow me at Mish Call. But we have a fabulous guest. We've got the great Michael Yuri, who I love so much. And he is so, so, so funny. So why don't we just, let's just throw to Michael. Okay. Oh my God. This is, uh, uh, this is, I can't even explain to you how excited I am. And I actually, I actually said this on my radio show this morning because I, I teased that I was talking to you today, that I cannot physically look at our guest today without feeling so unbelievably happy. And I don't know what that is. What is that, well, Michael? I guess we're in love because I feel the same Honey. way. Honey. Would it ever work out between us? Did we <laughs> one time go to the sushi place called Yakuza on 72nd yeah. Street? And sure. had um, just the best time. I remember that. We ate vividly. We ate our weight in sashimi, as I recall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Are you still over there? Do you still? Because I live over there now. So you know the twist. Well, let me introduce you before we get into my exact oh, okay. location. Fine. I'll, let them know. I'll drop the latitude. And, is that noise I'm hearing? The rain in LA? Is it possible that your mic is picking that up? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it is. You can hear rain. I hear something. But here's what I'm going to say about our guest. He is a delight. He, um, first of all, you have a new podcast, which is uh, coming out called Twits in Love. Twits in Love. It's an audio drama. It's like an audio... it's like a it's like a radio play, but but as a podcast, it's and it's it's really really funny. It's a steampunk distraction, so wow. it's sort of like a you know the steampunk genre where everything's made of steam and and like mechanical. I know it too well. It's, it's like <laughs> I know it too well. Listen, you know I don't want to start on a bad foot. I love you and I love this show. Sometimes people who are too into steampunk. Can, can sometimes rub me the wrong way. And I would be lying if I sat here and I didn't say anything. Go on. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate it. And you know what? I appreciate that because so many people wouldn't 
So many people would just let that go. And I think it's important <laughs> to, to point out that that steampunk is a problem. It is. And people, people, some people need help. But this is like a comedy steam. This isn't like, you know, it's a it's a podcast. We're not like dressed up like steampunk, but it's like it's like very funny sort of Jeeves and Wooster. Oh, that I like um, English. We do all these funny G- uh, English accents. Really great cast of Broadway people. Christian Borle oh. and Mary Testa. No, these are the really these funny. are the greatest people we have working alive today. And let me say something that I just released all of my negative energy because you just reminded me I don't have to look at people in like gears and top hats I'm happy like (laughs) really my issue it's funny because then you said then you said it's called once again it's called twits in love everyone should go download it but at first I think my issue with steampunk is purely visual when you started saying yeah the Jeeves and Worcester I said oh sign me up I I love that kind of stuff I just don't like yeah I don't like women and like bustles and like small jackets and like big and mo- like monocles and top hats oh and like yeah, steel I know. airplanes you know, I hear you. you know like i always picture like the aviator like running your hand along the side of a plane okay right you're also <laughs> we're gonna go back to our sushi dinner but you're also in the uh holiday movie of the season Michael Yuri, which is called oh. Single All the Way. It is on Netflix. It is uh, getting rave reviews. And it is, I, I have so many questions about it. But before we get to all your projects, I also know you were in a Broadway show that I'm very upset. Should we not even oh. go there? A Chicken and Biscuits. Well, I'm very upset. It was wonderful. I'm sorry that you missed it. Yeah. We were cut short because of COVID. Not cl- We didn't close because oh, no. I, it, it was, I mean, we... <laughs> We had COVID, a COVID breakout in our cast and, um, and, and, you know, like Broadway shows are like little independent movies. They can't take any kind of financial hits. And we, we were doing pretty well and we were going to make it through the end of our run, which was, which is only till, till December or or, sorry, till January. We weren't cut that short, but you know, this COVID thing, it's still, it's still sucks and it's still breaking hearts. And I can't tell you how many projects I've been in that have, that have been affected negatively because of COVID. And, and this was, I mean, hopefully this is the last one that, that, that happens too. But yeah. um, we had an amazing run though. The, 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 the few months that we ran, we had such incredible houses and it was such a good play. You would have really loved it. It was hilarious. It was very moving. Um, we had a completely new kind of uh, play on Broadway that, you know, there's never really been a, a, a comedy about a black family on Broadway. And this was that. And we were bringing in all kinds of new people to the theater that didn't usually go to the theater. And and uh, it was a real joy to play every night. I, Our friend Jessica Shaw saw it and raved about it. And everyone I knew who oh. saw it loved it. And honestly, my you just re- made me realize, like, all I ever care about is gospel music. Like, my favorite songs oh. in pop culture are gospel songs like any or any song that brings a choir in sometimes i wish this podcast had a choir let me ask you this because i think you're obviously incredibly outgoing you've got a beautiful singing voice were you like a performing kid like did your parents when company came over be like michael jim and alice are here get the vest on it's time. <laughs> and you had to show up and then do your- five, six, seven, eight. No, <laughs> they didn't uh, make you do actually, that. Go on. Actually, the opposite. My dad used to be uh, annoyed by my antics when I was a kid. He would say, stop goofing around. He would always say, um, he would say, he would say, stop back. He would, <laughs> I would be goofing off trying to make our company laugh. And he would say, stop acting like Jerry Lewis. Wow. And 
and he would get mad at me. And I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't like he wasn't, he was not remotely abusive. It was, it was just, it was more like anxiety, his anxiety that like our guests were having fun, which I like now as an adult, I get it. I I just want the guests to be having a great time. And whenever I have company, I'm like, I just want, you know, I want to make sure they're having a great time. Is there enough water? Is there enough wine? You know, is the music right? Um, If there was, was, that was him. If there was a kid like in the face of my, if, if I knew my kid wasn't talented, no offense, I'm not saying this about you, but like if my kid was, no, no, no. But I'm saying if I had a kid, because sometimes, you know, there are kids who are like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, I want to be an actress. You're like, uh, yeah. quit now, kid. You don't got it. <laughs> sorry, you're seven. I'm sorry, you just don't have it. Like they want to be famous and pretty. They don't want to, right. the bug is not within. They don't have that performance gene. So then I could see it being annoying for company. But I mean, I, right. I could go back and ask the company that would come over to my parents' house. I'm pretty sure they loved it when I would be forced basically uh-huh. at gunpoint to come downstairs and sing and, and dance for company. And sing. It was and do 10 minutes. I, I'm not joking that my parents had me memorize. I'll tell you my two routines. One is, I, and it actually thinking back, it is actually hilarious and explains <laughs> exactly who I am now. Like, exa- like social down to the social aspects of not having that many friends and like being weird. I would sing Shirley Bassey's Goldfinger, but like blasting oh it. <laughs> I was like five or six. And the, I mean, Michael, and I would come downstairs and I'd be like, Goldfinger, like exactly like she did it. I mean, that had to be To funny. the record or like acapella or to the record? Honey, acapella. I was singing oh my it God. to the record. Please. We literally didn't, we didn't even have a record player in my house. I was the record. I would come downstairs. I would sing it. And then I would do George Carlin's routine from uh, Jammin' in New York, where he talked about airplanes. We'd be like, do you know his oh airplane God. routine, which is so funny. It's, no, a, well, but- it's a solid 20 minutes. I, could, I remember it by heart. And it's just like about everything happening. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I'm not getting on the plane. I'm getting in the plane to evil Knievel to get on the plane. I mean, I was five doing this and people would shit like they would die laughing. And I believe that they really were laughing. I don't think it was sympathy laugh, yeah. but maybe it was. No, no, that sounds like it. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, a five-year-old doing Shirley Bassey <laughs> and Carlin. George Carlin, George Carlin's evil Knievel bits. That's pretty. <laughs> that's not your normal five-year-old fare. I think I feel like that was some genuine laughter. But did you find those? Were you like, I love this music and I love this comedy, or were your parents like, watch this? Well, I mean, Carlin. Obviously, I must have discovered. And I probably was a bit older than five when I was doing him, like probably like 12. But for sh- I was <laughs> 26. Michelle, this is- be right there. I like straightened my vest out. I got the little ponytail. I'm like, oh, what else? What else? I'm like, oh, the cord on this mic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it is crazy. I don't have more friends. Like genuinely, I, I'm bald on top with a little Carlin ponytail. And I'm like, why won't anybody hang out with me? Uh, no, they. I mean, that is Goldfinger, a my real parents. Insight into you. Yeah, I, I was yeah. annoying though, but that's what I'm curious with you. It's like I knew I was just like a little ham. Like I'd go. I feel like I've talked about this before, but I'd go with my mom to Saks when back when they had money. I whispered that part because that the second I learned no, the second I learned what a dollar was in my family, they were like, we lost everything. I was like, cool. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, when I was little, it was like, you know, anywhere you want to go, let's do it. And so we'd go to Saks and I would hide within the mannequins 
of the store, I would just freeze. Oh, huh. right, and my mother right. would be like, Michelle, Michelle, like thinking I was like abducted. And I would have like tears of laughter streaming. Like this is the best bit. Like my mom thinking I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> your mom's like alerting, alerting the <laughs> store security. And, you're, you're yeah. just and then she's fine me. Anyway. Um, so wait, okay. But I like uh-huh. the idea of you as a little boy though, because you must've been, cause you still are so adorable and handsome you just have to be the most perfect looking little child i can't even imagine you i was i had a little you know like little crooked face and uh i had braces well a retainer you know i had a retainer for a lot of years and and glasses actually what's funny is uh, these glasses that i'm wearing right now um i had glasses like this in middle school and they were you know the the dorkiest i had a real dorky face in middle school sort of between between like we moved when I was like seven and I, and I, and I really went in my shell when we moved and I, um, and I had a lot less friends and then I started to gain friends. And then it wasn't until high school that I'd started doing theater. And that's when I really, um, really like came back out of my shell. But in middle school, I was very shy and, and, um, really goofy looking. I mean, you look at the pictures of me from middle school, wearing glasses just like this that have sort of maybe come back in fashion. I'm not even sure. For those who can't see Michael, here's how I would explain it. When you were in middle school, they were like child molester glasses. But now I would say they're like, and just like that, he has glasses. Like they're very, now they're very like, your glasses. Mario Cantone wears these and and, and just like that. Carrie is typing Biggs like um, Will up, like reading the Will in these glasses in episode three, I think. So yeah, they look chic. I think so, yeah. They look good. Are they Warby? well, thank. They were expensive. Were they? I mean, I, 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 yeah, they were pretty. But also, I have a crooked eye thing, so I have a googly eye. No. So my eye goes. Oh my god! Yes. See that? So these oh. are also prisms, and they they sort of help correct that. No kidding. That's why they're so reflective. I'm realizing you can see my my LED lights in the. In the yeah, you look great. Um, I love that. I'm well, blind they, also. We have a lot in common, Mikey. I'm oh, also you blind. Are? Yes. Now, and so my eyes you, don't you... go, they don't roll out of the sockets, but they, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> they point no, the same way. that way. <laughs> <laughs> I only oh, say so that because I love you. Your what? eyes work, work, work in concert with each other. Yeah. How's, how's that? My eyes hold hands. So nice it you. is nice because really, I'll be real with you. I think if I had had that addition in my childhood, there would have been no helping me because I was already like, <laughs> I already had so many other issues that like my eyes doing that would have been the thing that like genuinely like, you know, I don't even want to say what, what I'm thinking, but it would have been bad and goth, you know, and, and dark. I didn't even know I was, I didn't even know I was different until, uh, until like high school. And, uh, and, I, and I think I told my mom, I was like, it's so, it's so annoying when I do this because I see double and she was like, what are you talking about? You see double? <gasps> That's not good. Cause I see double when it happens. Oh, no. I, I, so it's like, it is kind of challenging driving. That's where glasses are helpful for like driving and watching movies and reading. Reading, it was, it was really hard to read. I would always get tired when I read mm. um, because because you have to like adjust to not see double. It's and then when tough. I was in- It's like muscular. You yeah. gotta go to like Barry's yeah. eye boot camp and like get him. <laughs> eye boot camp. I had to go to eye boot camp to fix this. <laughs> so but it affects your whole, you know, like your neck and oh, your yeah. back and your- it's weird how I, that's what I learned during the pandemic doing yoga <gasps> is that because I had stopped going to the gym during the pandemic mm. and I did yoga and I realized, oh my God, my body is all messed up and it's probably all because of my eye I believe that. from years of adjusting. I believe that because yeah. I had a fucked up foot 
for a long time and it affected my whole body was like yeah truly like you know the tallest man when you see him with the cane it's like the littlest woman you know how they always yes. somehow pair even though they're like from opposite sides of the earth they get i hope they fly her and not him is what i'm gonna say it's much easier to fly <laughs> the smallest woman than the you could put her in economy where are you putting yeah. him even in you business you, you go to him you have to go to him you gotta go to him is. that's it's cruelty to animals to make that man fly now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> and everyone else yeah. Poor guy. I, having to go like this have you in, seen the, him? in every doorway. Have you seen him? And not in person. Oh, same. Oh, I wish. <laughs> Only pictures. But no, when they put that lady next to him, it's it's like when they put Great Danes next to Chihuahuas and you're just like, why? Yeah. Like, we know they're both like, why are you humiliating them like this? Like, just let them live. You know? Anyway. How do we get on that? My feet. That's how oh, I was walking, feet, though. Like eyes. that man. <laughs> he's like oh. a cane and he's got he's all like cockeyed. Poor thing. So it, it affected your back. Everything, yeah. yeah. Of course it would. Mm, anyway. Because we, we need those feet. When you were in high school, Michael Yuri, Michael Yuri, yes. I'm so happy to talk to you. Like, I actually feel, <laughs> I'm just, I'm over the moon. When you, I always yeah. feel at ease talking to you. Oh, that's so sweet. And I haven't seen you in a long time. Pre-COVID. It's been a long time. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't been in, in each other's breath space in, uh, definitely since pre-COVID. I've seen you on this kind of thing, but. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the last time, one of the last times I saw you, for sure I saw you in Buyer and Seller, but that had to be like seven years ago, because I didn't know you. Yeah. That was, I think, the first time I met you, and I went with, I want to say, Jerry O'Connell, who knew you. Wow. I want to say, I went that... to see you live with Jerry O'Connell, and I met you briefly, because you know Jerry, I'm sure. Of course, yeah. yeah. And we met you brief from Ugly Betty with Rebecca and everything. We met you briefly yeah, after, yeah. and I remember being like nervous to meet you, because I loved you. I was like, oh, like, oh. Michael, like, you're really great. You know, and now look at us. Now I'm calling you no. cockeyed with no, not even hesitating. That's how close. <laughs> that's how close I feel to you and safe with you. But wait, when you started in, you know, I love you and you're gorgeous. By the way, when you started um, doing theater in high school, yeah. did you go to a school that had a competitive theater, or were you the one? Were you like waiting for Guffman style? Like I'm gonna be good no matter what. Oh, wow. Good. Great question. So a little bit of both. So the, the theater, the theater, I went to public school in, in Plano, Texas, mm. and there was a lot of competitive theater. So so not only did we have um, like actual competitions in the state, they, they call them UIL, and, and it's for any extracurricular activity. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> um, um, we'll be right so. back. No, go on. <laughs> yeah, um, it's for like you know, like choir and marching band wow. and and um, and and one act plays. So we would do these. We would cut down a play to one act, and we would go and we would compete against all the other schools. But also speech and debate. There was like a whole acting component to speech and debate, which I was. You must have done that. I too. feel like we talked about this last time you were on the podcast that we were both forensics people. I went literally to speech and debate wow. camp every summer that's how popular i was i was like i'm gonna do it um and it was the it best was... time of my life oh yeah me too the best. me too once i got into that i was that's when i started to really like really figure out i want to perform and and i wasn't doing the debate i wasn't i wasn't like quite i wasn't really like i wasn't doing extemporaneous speaking or mm -hmm. or um cross-examination debate or any of that stuff because i didn't i wasn't like that smart but I, I i was i was getting good at acting and so I would do dramatic interpretation or humorous interpretation. And, um, and it was basically like acting and, and, and we would go and win trophies. And, um, so that, so, so that competitive atmosphere, it was, I think in part because 
I mean, I'm from Texas. You grew up in Florida, right? Yeah, big debate states, by the way. Yeah, New York, yeah, the big so, five states, they had crazy. Florida was a very competitive debate state. Yes, and Texas is so competitive. And it all comes from, you know, I mean, from from football down. Every, everything yeah. is really competitive. And the school structure is built for competition. I mean, you know, like, it's all set up for, for, you know, trying to win. Um, and which is, which is, you know, I think all of our studies suffered, but, but we won. I mean, we won a lot. I was national champion in I, dramatic interpretation. Listen, and you know what? I'm actually like embarrassed that I even asked you like, what were you like in high school? Because I remember <laughs> this fact about you because I was not national champ. And uh, in oh. fact, at nationals, I got second at CFLs, but at NFLs, I never made it to finals and it really I used oh. to just choke on a big pile of shit and then it felt every time I went and it was wow. like I don't know it wasn't the yips or anything I just don't think people got at it I don't know it was weird I was yeah. great like I was but the Florida CFL, State champ but CFLs was like oh my CFLs was like bullshit that was a little like bit c- Christian Christian Catholic, the Christian league Catholic, right? Catholic, or Catholic league. league right so I did we didn't do that we didn't do CFL but but and and NFL was oh boy really, I only went only went one year <gasps> and you won it qualified the I other year say something i'm like i'm really i love you i'm seething i'm so <laughs> jealous <laughs> i can't believe it I, and weirdly i am positive if i were to go back to the last time you were on this podcast which was a couple years ago i feel like we had this exact same conversation we probably did. and i'm 100 percent. and i'm still it is as though i'm hearing it for the first time i'm still like that was the angry. dream. I'm not angry because I love you. And it's you and Josh Gad, or because Josh was um, yeah. with me when I was doing um, oh. a debate. I could never win. And now the guy is freaking Olaf in Frozen, and he's a multi-zillionaire. And I'm, yeah. once again, yeah. listener, choking on a big pile of shit. And what I'd like to know is, <laughs> why is that? <laughs> why is that? Who was good with you? Like, did you have any other celebrities when you were competing well my um in my school at Plano senior high school one year above me was michael benjamin washington who is a broadway actor and he's now on that show american auto that just started with hmm. anna gasteyer he's on that and he was my hero wow still is kind of my hero i mean i i still look up to him nice save. And I, I feel like i always will kind of look up to him even though he was only one year ahead of me but he he won nationals two years <gasps> in a row. Oh, that makes <clears throat> me <throat> hate him. I actually, in, <laughs> go on, go on. I'm, in two categories, <gasps> in HI and then in DI. Humorous interpretation one year, dramatic interpretation the next I year. I got to look this guy up. Is he single? Maybe this is it. I need Michael Benjamin Washington. I'm shitting. People don't understand. For those who don't get debate, to win nationals, it is. I think it's harder to win nationals than get an Oscar. Think about it. Because you're up against well, thousands of children. You have to yeah. qualify to get to nationals. Then you get there. You're against every other kid around the country who does it. Right. And you have to convince parents who are miserable. Think about it. Who's judging? It's parents. Right. And they're, you know, I got fucked once. Ooh, I, can't, I won't say his name, but there was a kid. <gasps> uh, I'm dying to rat this kid out. And his father oh my God. was the biggest piece of shit and used to purposefully do you ever watch the show come dine with me the uk show or like um how about this uh four weddings where people rank other people and they're up against those people he knew that eventually i was going to be up against his son so he would fuck over the people who were good so that when they got 
Think about it. So that when they got, I'm, right. like, I'm like, literally, I've not felt this way in a, de- a dozen years. I am. You're shaking. I'm, Look at I'm, you. You're shaking. I'm vibrating. I am. So, I gotta rip this turtleneck off. I'm dying. I'm so hot. This listener, kid, she is. She is going through it. I'm. I'm donation thermometering. That's what I call. I'm red Be- in the face. What? Because she, what? What? I can't. Sorry. I can't. She is. Um. It's this. The score, it's a, what do you call it? Cumulative, cumulative score. Cumulative, yes. Cumulative score. So so every single time you do it, and you do it, like, I think there are 13 rounds it's, before there's anybody is eliminated. And so people so, understand, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just so they get it, because if you haven't seen it, and I think we also talked about making a show about speech and debate, because how has Glee right. been a hit, all these things? You take a play. I did Sunset Boulevard. I have to use this as the example. Because you What? No, babe. I literally did sunset. Do you know that I did master class oh. my junior year? I played Maria Callas as a fifteen-year-old yes. with I, the of course you did. with the accent, and I go Pasapini. Yes. Okay, so and I'm doing Maria Callas. I mean, what planet Earth are we living on that a teenager is playing her? Then oh, yeah. I did Norma Desmond and like the monkey and the whole thing. <laughs> Senior <laughs> year, I was horrible. That was arguably the worst thing I've ever done, but. They take this whole long thing and then they cut it down to 10 minutes. And so you see teenagers doing like, and you play every character. It is, it's like watching someone have a nervous breakdown, basically. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's your, it's the 10 minutes of a 15 year old doing all four characters and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Literally. And and taking it so seriously, like. Oh my God, the best is the intros. Wait, Michael Yuri, when it's like I know, and wait, I'm trying to think of one for the name you just. You'll said. be, you'll be like in the middle of it. You'll, 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 you'll be like, it'll be like you're Blanche Dubois, and you're like, you're like, uh, a line. Uh, 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 what, what is straight? A line can be straight or a street, but the human heart. And then you'll drop character and go. Tennessee Williams wrote <laughs> Streetcar Named Desire for Marlon Brando. And then and then you like talk about the play and you'd be like, you'd be like, that's why she's trying to catch her streetcar named Desire by Tennessee Williams. I was gonna and then you go say, back into it. I was gonna say, and what's that going beep beep? A streetcar named Desire by Tennessee Williams. And you put your head down. The debate intros were so fucking funny. Like just like uh, I, and I think and he ended up making the wrong turn on. Sunset Boulevard by, I mean, it was just so <laughs> stupid. And yet, and yet I don't know in my life when I've ever been so creatively fulfilled, like doing speech and debate, true story. Totally. A hundred percent. And I, I, I know a lot of people who became, who went into uh, filmmaking because especially like HI, all that cutting and, and, and jumping from, I mean, it was a little silly in DI because you had people taking things so seriously, oh but in HI, I mean, Michael Washington, who won nationals twice in a row, he did the whiz <gasps> in 10 minutes <laughs> by himself. And it was unbelievable. I mean, to this day, oh I, I, it, was like, it was like a movie watching him play all the parts in the whiz, sing the songs in 10 minutes. It was, and he did the whole story. You know, because sometimes you could just do like a scene. Yeah, yeah. He did the whole thing in 10 minutes. It was unbelievable. I Wait, tell me about your... By the way, I could talk about this for the next three hours. I don't care how long it rains there. My body temperature... <laughs> I'm at 117 degrees. I have COVID now. Tell me about what you did <laughs> to win. Like, do you remember your experience oh. going and watching? Because then everyone would stand around when they posted who broke to like the next yes. round. And it was so tense. It's like really... It's like bring it on levels of intensity. It, oh, the stakes are extremely high yeah. and I would do, so my, my, I did um, this actually, ironically, a Tennessee Williams 
piece. I wasn't doing a play by Tennessee Williams. I was doing a play about Tennessee Williams. So I played Tennessee Williams. It was based on these interviews with him and it was somebody created a one-man play about Tennessee Williams. What was it called? here I am. It's called Confessions of a Nightingale. Oh yeah, famous. Um, Eccentricities of a Nightingale is a real play by him and this was sort of like Mm -hmm. based on, it was like the sort of take on that. And um, I did 10 minutes of, I I was a 17-year-old pretending to be Tennessee Williams at like, you know, in his fifties. And, uh, and I, and you know, I, 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 I'm sure like if you put me and Tennessee Williams side by side, it wasn't like, you know, Jamie Foxx is Ray Charles. It wasn't like some kind of, like, you know, incredible, uh, you know, like mimicry. I was just doing whatever I could to like, you know, to do it, to be interesting. Not, I wasn't trying to be like him. And also this was like before Google, it wasn't like mm. there were all these YouTube clips you could find on on Tennessee Williams. Like now I've seen him in, in, in you know, on, t- on, on screen many, many times. And I'm like, that was not what I was doing. You had like a German accent. You're you like, know. I think today I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wake up, have a coffee and then confess. I've got so it's many an, things I, to confess. People are like, he I was write amazing. plays about this menagerie that's his class. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty much like that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I Anyone. Won. Anyone. <laughs> but, and I won. But but when you're at Nationals, so you, so, so by the way, it's really like the, the process of getting to that, there's a district, as I recall, there's like a district level yes. competition. That's right. All over the country. There's like many, many different competitions all over the country. And the top two or three get to go to, top two get to go to Nationals. And, um, and, and my district was really competitive. Oh. So like, and this isn't, this is like nothing against other districts, but I'm sure there are other districts that weren't so competitive. And so like the top two people that got through and got to nationals were maybe not so, you know, viable on the national stage necessarily. But my, my district, like there were people in my district who didn't go to nationals who were incredible, who beat me at other tournaments, you know, who I lost to at state, but then suddenly at districts, you know, I had an upper hand or whatever. And so, so then you get there and it's thousands of kids all over the place. And we all, and also my year, it was in St. Louis. Wait, that's the year that I missed. What? Michael Yuri, I actually have to go put a t-shirt on because I'm so sweaty. Was that in 1998 <laughs> that you won nationals for sure? Yes. Guess yes. what, hon? I was supposed to be there and it coincided with my high school graduation and I did not go to nationals. That is a factual true story. Oh, I my qualified God. for nationals and I thought, I can't believe that we did not connect this last time. I do not think we ever figured this out. And no, I would have I, been d- definitely not. doing sunset with you. Oh my God. <laughs> we would have met. You would have never been my friend. You would not be here today. This is like my own butterfly effect. Had I been in <laughs> St. Louis, Michael would be like, who, the girl who pretended to hold a fake gun and then shoot the guy? No, not thanks. Norma Desmond. Norma, honey. I did Norma, but I did not go that year. You know what? It may not have been in DI. I think I was maybe going in some other bullshit event, but I was just like, I can't miss my graduation. Wow. I know. It was, I mean, what would you have done? Now I'm like, did I make the wrong decision? But I knew that I didn't have a chance to do well. I knew that it, it, it had been a piece that had been cleaning up all year. Right. I would have gone, but I just had a feeling I was like, I'm going to go. And also St. Louis. I was like, Mwah. I mean, you can now fill me in on what I missed, but that is so funny <laughs> that you won that it, year. I can't get over that. I can't believe so that. Crazy. You, so yeah. but you had gone other years. I went to the one, I want to say it was in Detroit 
somewhere else, yeah, that where I went. And I'll just tell a 10-second story, which again, I feel like this is this is a new episode for those who are like, we've heard the story before, but I must retell. <laughs> I just must retell it. <laughs> but I'll tell it quick. So don't forget where you were St. Louis, because I'm not forgetting. But Basically, my brother, who is the one who got me into debate, even though he's not an actor, he was very political, put it that way. He was like, you should do two events at the qualifier in Miami because Broward County was where like Josh was and everyone else. University school, very competitive. Dade County was not, they had Palmetto, but it wasn't as cutthroat, I feel. Right. And so I entered in two events. I entered in DI and extemporaneous speaking, which for those who don't know, I had never done it before. Uh, For those who don't know, (laughs) it is an event where you pick a political topic out of a hat, literally. Then you have a half an hour to write a seven minute speech about whatever that thing is. And then you um, stand up with no notes and give a seven minute speech about whatever you plucked. So my mother, when she found out true story, and by the way, I held this against her, maybe still, my mother bet my brother when she heard that I was doing extemp, bet my brother that I would not qualify to nationals in it. Can you imagine what a kind oh of a mother does God. that? My mother was like, she's terrible, terrible at politics. She'll never make it. She's and I remember thinking like, OK, well, yes, I'm more artsy than political. Like also, and I hope she's listening. Fuck you. You know, and I hope she, <laughs> and I hope she's listening. Fuck off. Let me pull a Logan Roy. Oh, fuck off. That's my Logan Roy impression. Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh, fuck, fuck off. off. <laughs> so dumb. So anyway, um, and so I went to the qualifier and I think it was that. And that's when I did Sunset. Sunset was an abomination. Maybe that's when I did a masterclass. I don't remember. It was horrendous. That was master. Oh, but I love that you're like, like you typecast yourself. Yeah. I mean, Maria Callas and Norma Desmond. That's that's kind of the same. Oh, like you know, that's look, not too far. Look from at my daughter. eyes darting left and right. I know, <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> that's like I did William, Tennessee Williams, and the next year I did William Inge. <laughs> I'll just take one tiny little step. I to did the, the documentary Gray Gardens. What else did I do? I did. Um, oh no, I'm God. kidding. Can you imagine? No. But listen. <laughs> so listen. I did Patty Lapone's memoir. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So I go to national qualifiers. It was at some shitty school. And Miami is like, listen, God bless. I born and raised there. The parents who showed up, it was definitely the year I did master class. Do you think they know who Maria Callas is? No. Most of them were not. English is first language speakers. And that's not a judgment call. I'm just saying when a six foot one 15 year old gets up at the front of the class and is speaking in a horrible like Italian, even though she was Greek accent, they're like, what is this? Like, we don't know what this is. And I don't blame them. I would have felt the same way. Right. But my, I made it to the finals in extent at the qualifiers. And I was like, holy oh shit, I can't believe it. And, um, and to the finals in DI. And so they held the envelope out for me to pluck my topic out. And I'm thinking, you know, Bridget Jones style, like Chechnya, like what's it going to be like? I'm going to be fucked. (laughs) And oh, and by the way, every other kid who did it had boxes of files. They had they were dragging. Of course. I had one time magazine from the Fort Lauderdale International Airport. I was like, good enough. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, it's fine. I don't need anything else. And, And famously, and I know I've told this before, so forgive me. There was a Jeep ad that had um, a quote by Oliver Wendell Holmes that was like, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, this was actually at Nationals. It was like, it doesn't matter how fast you're going, but in what direction. And every single speech, I was like, I believe it was the famous Oliver Wendell Holmes <laughs> who once said, it is in fact not how uh, fast you are going, 
But in what direction? And in the case of the American school system, that direction is directly down the toilet. Thank you so much. I ended every speech. That blank, blank, blank is directly down the toilet. But anyway, I picked the, wow. the topic out. And the question was, are you ready for this? Like, tell me this isn't divine intervention. Do you think Dennis Rodman is a symbol of incivility? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Give her the trophy right Honey, I put my veil on. I shaved my head. I walked in that room, (laughs) and I I was just like, I am ready to win nationals. (laughs) And I qualified to nationals in extemp and in DI, and I never let – choose? No, I I went in both. But I lost in both. Horror. I didn't even break in either thing. I sort of got, I lost him, but I was like, okay, like just don't give me anything then I guess. And then I was just stuck in Detroit. It was, it was really, I bought a house oh for $10. God. I mean, it was a whole day, <laughs> but anyway, the end of the story is that I never did well at nationals. Okay. Now you're in St. Louis. I'm not there. Take wow. me through it. I'm so excited. Okay. So, um, we were all like, where's Michelle? We're here in <laughs> St. Louis. She's, uh-huh. not, she's not here. Um, and it was intense 13 rounds of prelims at least wow i, I can't remember you know like so many rounds of prelims oh that you would go through and then and then i think everyone in my school i don't think anyone else broke but me and then i just ke- kept breaking and i didn't expect anything out of this i'd never been to nationals before i hadn't won i mean i'd won a bunch with this piece but i wasn't a big winner i mean i wasn't like i was often in finals would sometimes, you know, get second or first, but the idea that like I would get all the way. And as I recall, I was doing my Tennessee women's piece and they were amazing people. I mean, incredibly talented people. When I, 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 feel, I feel like when we got all the ballots back and we looked and we just sort of saw what the trajectory was, I was first going into the, <gasps> the final round. So like, as, as we said, it's cumulative. So, so I you was already winning. first. I was already winning going into finals and I didn't win the final round itself, no. but because, but because <gasps> I had been winning, I still took first. I have. It was crazy. Full. I, by the way, somehow I am running at about 172 degrees right now and I got full <laughs> ice cold body chills somehow. I actually am like, because you know what's you funny? You definitely have the variant. I have it. I have, I call it Verona virus because I'm in Verona. Um, <laughs> thank you. I didn't realize that steampunk humor. I, you guys, <laughs> he's never going to speak to me again. Listen, I, I'll kill you. I didn't realize that you could lose that final round and still yes. win. Oh, this, yes. this so is I, why there has to like, be a show. There has to be a debate I show. Know. I was like third or fourth in the final round, but I had such a good score going into finals that it did. And that's why, that's why it's so interesting what this guy's dad did to you by trying to knock you out early. You never, you never shake those, those ranks. He knew exactly. I'll say his last name. Oh no, because I, I can't Uh, edit out where I say where he worked. And then I'll just say his last (laughs) name. Cause then it's going to be too much info. Do you know what I mean? Is that annoying, guys? Word. Or edit this part out to pick your thing. His last, I'll just say his name now. No, his last name was Weiss. And what's funny is that my best friend from high school, also a Weiss, so no relation, but just, I mean, because it was Jewy, big shock, Jewish <laughs> neighborhood. Imagine that, all the Weisses. But um, really, really disgusting people. And I, I'll tell you this. Yeah, it, it's still, and then you know what's wow. funny is I told, oh God, this story. 
I'll tell you the update because why not? Who gives a shit, honestly? So I told the story because someone I knew as an adult, knew him as an adult, I think was maybe dating him actually. And I said, oh, and I just, you know, we were friendly. And I said this story to her like, well, guess what his dad did? You know, like you gossip with people. She goes and told him. And then I got an email from him being like, hey, um, oh, maybe he wanted something from me. That's what it was. Yes. You have to leave this in. I'm sorry. It's I, I blocked it. He wanted something from me and he sent an email as though we had never met. And I said, hey, actually, we knew each other in high school. And that's crazy that you would like pretend not to know who I am because like we were with each other every weekend. And then he goes, oh, I heard that you were like offended by something my dad, like he just was such an asshole. And I'm like, wow, you literally haven't changed. Sometimes when kids are assholes and then you meet their parents and the parents are assholes, you're like, that's genetic. Just like we're talented. (laughs) Just like we're major talents. You know what I mean? That also there are people who are just genetically fucking pieces of shit. Right. I mean, you don't learn, you don't, you're not born a piece of shit, you know, just like you're not born racist or homophobic. Somebody has to teach you that. You have a you're point. Not, you know, like. You don't you, think like, you can you, be you born not, shitty a little bit? I don't think so. I mean, you might be, maybe you might be born like sick, you know, like mentally sick, like, uh, like, a, like, 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 like a murderer or, or, you know, like, like, like that may, maybe like there's something off in you, but you don't, you don't, you're not born with hate or with this like creepy chip, chip or, com- or competitive, like cutthroat. Oh my like, God. Like somehow you learn that, <gasps> you know, like that, that's taught. Like you, I mean, you, so it's, I haven't seen the final episode of Succession, so, so, oh, so no spoiler yet. But can but I like, spoil one thing? In, can I spoil one thing? Well, just well, one I thing. don't know. Hold on, ready? <laughs> fuck you! Go fuck yourself! <laughs> Go suck my fucking dick! That's the whole show. Literally, I did just spoil the whole thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Go fuck off! God damn it, Shim! Shim! Fuck! <laughs> the whole show. I'm like, tell me. Roman. Is the letter F getting residuals from this fucking show? <laughs> because literally every other word, I'm like, do the, I mean, okay. Anyway. But you see it, like, that's a, that, what's so good about that show is you see how he, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever trauma he endured to get where he was, yeah. he has now, his kids are all, oh. and even, even when they try to be different, they, they, they're not, they're, they're just like. Did you read that yeah. Jeremy Strong profile? I know you did. I did. Okay, we got to talk about I it. I know it's a bit, this will now be old because this is coming out on Thursday when already everyone's talked yeah. about it. But I think you as an actor, as a, a speech and debate national champion, you can lend a bit of insight because I don't c- consider myself um, an actor. I'm going to put a leg up to talk about this. I'm getting really comfy <laughs> for you. Also, because no lie, I'm wearing shorts on a vinyl seat in the hotel room and I'm sitting in a hot tub of my own sweat from the conversation. <laughs> we just had. I'm so hot. <laughs> Literally, I'm dying right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that profile because I read it to <clears throat> those uh, maybe overseas people who missed it. There was this... Um, <laughs> There was a profile written by Michael somebody Shulman. Shulman. Michael Shulman. You're so good. Yeah. You're the he's best. He's very good. He's a very good. He's a very good writer. He's great. Yale grad, right? Went to Yale with yeah. Jeremy Strong. They with went to Jeremy Strong, college yeah. together. And he wrote this profile in the New Yorker that I mean, almost like the little recap I just gave of this guy from high school. It was like, are y'all good? Yeah. Like it kind of was <laughs> painting him as just someone who has never laughed ever in his life. 
And yeah. I'm curious, you as an actor, Michael Yuri, star of Single All the Way, how did you read that um, New Yorker profile? Well, so the the, the big sort of, uh, uh, you know, the, the crux of Jeremy's, at least according to Michael, Jeremy's technique is this idea of doing method acting, mm. which is famously, you know, what Marlon Brando did. And, you know, it's it's like it's like Al Pacino sleeping in his clothes when he's, you know, when when he when he wants them to look really rumpled or or um, Dustin Hoffman not bathing for three days when he's Yikes. supposed to be a guy on the run, like things like that. It's like. And it's, it's not so much, I mean, I think there's some, like sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, it's about like calling me Mr. Lincoln on the set of Lincoln, you know, when I'm playing Abraham Lincoln, things like that, like that's kind of methody. How but, you have not the, played Lincoln, by the way. I've never played Lincoln. You Can you believe that? would actually, I'm, <laughs> wait, I actually be great, would be the, you I would know. be such a phenom Lincoln. Right. You're like, and you know, he was, he was apparently queer. Was so. Queer, queer how? Uh, had male lovers. I, well, I, I that, that that's the that's yeah. why log cabin Republican. That's why they call gay Republicans log cabin Republicans because of him. Because of his log cabins, is that a, in relation to his thighs? Well, yeah, because he lived in a log cabin. Oh, Abraham lived Lincoln lived cabin. in a log cabin. Wow, I never that's where knew that. that. All comes from. I think I'm pretty sure that's right. I thought now it was because you. Not... I thought because like log cabins were like you could decorate them so beautifully. <laughs> Because it's like a walking home goods ad. What? Mid mid century modern Republicans. (laughs) Target clearance Republicans. I thought that's what the law. Okay. All right. So go on. So Lincoln, Mr. Lincoln. Yes. Like you play the part. You know, like like Daniel Day Lewis would, 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 you know, like apparently he would say, you know, please call me. Or he would like go live as a haberdasher for 10 years before doing a movie about a hat maker. I don't know. Things like that. But that's sort of like what, when you hear method, that's sort of what it is. But it also has become like, you know, like Jared Leto playing dangerous pranks on his co-stars when he played the Joker. Like it, it has sort of, you know, like there's stories like that. And apparently Jeremy Strong, when he's in anything, but especially now in, in this movie, success, or in this TV show, Succession, he's going to, uh, you know, pretty intense places um, when the cameras aren't rolling and he's doing improv- improvising. And, 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 and what was, it was, it was like, I was, I felt, a, I have to say, it, if I was in that show and I was working with him, yeah. it might annoy me, you know, like, because, yes. you know, like, there's so many people on a, on a, on a TV set uh, or a film set that aren't actors. Most of the people on the set are not actors. And so, to, it's different than doing theater where everyone's really on the same page. When you're doing a TV show or a movie, like everyone, there's different departments and everyone has their own thing going on. And the room is not just, um, you know, it, it, it is, it is, a, it's a workplace. It's not just like an, a, 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 an incubator for one person's acting ideas. Right. And so I can see how that could suck the air out of the room um, yeah. and, and make the atmosphere um, unpleasant. Um, but, He's so good. Well, he's good in and, that he's like the most, I mean, he is the most humorless person I've ever seen on television. I look at him and I'm like, I've never seen a man with mopier lips, nose, eyes. He is just like yeah. moping the day away, even when he's happy. Yeah. He's so mopey. <laughs> but then in the piece, the thing that I think for me really was like the red flag was that he lived rent free at Michelle Williams's townhouse for years and Crazy. called it. And this is, I'm looking at you, called it Fort Awesome. I'm like, you went to <laughs> Yale. Are you kidding me? Like the Fort Awesome line for me was when I was like, oh, now I know why no one likes him. It's not about the acting. It's that he's actually annoying. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, that. I was like, okay, right. I got it. Fort Awesome is is like that is something Kendall Roy would. That's what he would it's, name his house. It's Kendall. It's so. I know, it's I know. It's so <clears throat> lame and just like, I, I just hated it. Um, and I feel like that's why, that's mm. sort of what, 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 where that piece is so brilliant. It's like, yeah, is you really see, you see like how he was the perfect choice for that role based on things like Fort Awesome. Um, and, and, and the way that he would just, you know, he was Daniel Day-Lewis's assistant on a movie. Got him his dry like, cleaning. I mean, he would like you know do all that stuff to help to help um, to help support that kind of a lifestyle, that kind of an acting um, technique. And so you sort of see like how like like Kendall Royal, how he'll just go all in on something. He's a bit of a ladder climber, though. I think that people who like the whole um, Al Pacino stealing the trophy thing, which was probably oh the God. other highlight of that piece, hilarious. But it to me, it seemed like yeah, he. Some people argue that it wasn't a hit piece, that it actually was a nuanced portrayal of a complicated actor, which I don't necessarily disagree with. But at the end of right. it, I was just like, I hope to never meet this person. <laughs> like literally by the end, I go, dear God, may Jeremy Strong never cross my path in life. Yeah. Because I just don't yeah. even know how it, it's like communicating with an alien. All right, wait. Let's talk single all the way. It is the first. Okay. Is it the first gay Christmas movie or Netflix's first gay Christmas movie? It's Netflix's first gay Christmas movie. There were a couple last year. Okay. Um, that that you know, like the Happiest Season, and I believe there was one on, on Lifetime, and uh, but this is Netflix's first mm-hmm. um, gay holiday rom com, and it is. Um, so so it is the first of its kind on Netflix because you know they make a million Christmas movies every year. I know. And as as but 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 last year was the first time there had ever been a Christmas movie about queer people. So like And it was Lincoln still... it was Lincoln and Tennessee Williams, right? Who <laughs> fell in love during the holiday season, am I wrong? And they decorated the log cabin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The last it, it menagerie like in, in the log it was cabin. Called... <laughs> The Ass Menagerie. It was called <laughs> Ass. It was called Ass oh Menagerie. I just, I just slapped my legs so hard that I yanked the headphones out of the jack. That is. <laughs> Did sweat splatter? I'm not joking movies. you. If I could turn the zoom onto the seat, and by the way, think of how many other strangers' ass sweat is merging with mine. Because this seat, there is no room to breathe. I'm just cupped into a vinyl, just <laughs> oven. I'm just dying. But anyway, back to single all the way. I pass out. So no, because I know that. <laughs> First, of all, I love the title. And uh, isn't that cute? Can you believe they haven't made a Christmas movie called Single All the Way yet? I know Chad Hodge, who, who is of. the writer, is yeah. fantastic. And where did you film this in Canada? We filmed it in Canada, of nice. course, and in <laughs> April in Montreal. Oh. And, and there was um, there was still some snow because uh, we shot some of it up on a, on a in a mountain town where there was where there was snow. Because you hear you hear all these stories about people who make these Christmas movies and they have to pretend to be cold because it's August. Should and, I try doing that like, now with my ass sweat? I'm yes. like, Burr. yeah, yeah. Ooh, method. I am ice. <laughs> Let me do a Jeremy Strong. Okay, hold on. Yeah. It's so cold in here. I, I, I can't even, I can't feel my fingertips right now. It's so cold in here. And what would I call That's this good. hotel room? It's not bad, right? What would I, it's kind of like Zendaya. It's a cute. It's Zendaya-esque where she's just like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Okay. Yeah. Like, but he's also, then he goes so aggressive. He'd be like, That's fucking great. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> Party on. Wait, I, when, I'm like, like his world. I'm very attracted to you world. when you do that. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> when Michael Yuri curses at me, I really felt something. It could be the heat of the chair. I don't know what it is, but I really felt different for like five seconds. Okay. <clears throat> so wait, Mikey. So yeah, uh, Montreal, how Canada. much 
Christmas swag did you get to take home from the set? Because I always think if I was on a Christmas film, the bags would, and I'm mm. Jewish, but the bags would still be packed. The wreath, the hats, the stockings, yeah. <laughs> you know, the star. I have to say, by the by the end of the shoot, we were all a little done with Christmas because it was like six weeks of Christmas uh, in April. And so, like, there were definitely things at the beginning of the shoot that I was like, I'm taking this. Oh, my gosh, I want this. This is so cute. And by the end, I was like, eh, I'm good. I don't need anything. Don't <laughs> it's like a Cartier watch. You're like, nah, I'm sick nah. of it all. I did. I did take, I had these really cute snow boots <gasps> that, I, that I did take and I can't wait to use them. Um, that, that I took and that, and, and you only, I wear them through the whole movie. You only see them once. No. Um, <laughs> but, but they're, they're so cute. And, you know, and, and, and I take, you know, as I'm sure, you know, we all take things from every job we ever have. And, uh, yeah. Um, Do me a favor. We don't like steal them. They, they, they like, they, like it's discussion. It's a negotiation. Sometimes you buy them and sometimes, but. Um, well, I had yeah, stuff I, from The View that I actually opened up a storage like thing that I was paying for for three years and had wardrobe from the view that I forgot I had packed in. They're like expensive, but like ugly things and hundred <laughs> percent sent it to the real real, the whole thing. I was like, I never want to see this shit again. Like I got maybe 80 bucks for all of it. And it was nice stuff, but like for a woman, at her husband's funeral. You know what I mean? Like, right. if, like if, if my husband had passed like right. in his sleep at the right age, right, it would right. have been perfect for the funeral. But anyway, how does that work? Do they, do you, do you go, do this, they have a stylist that they, that you work with or do they, you just show up and they say, you're wearing this today. How does that, how does that um, work? A little bit of both, Can Michael. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. uh it's an interesting story that well, one day save for the book. That's what I always say. Saving it for the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I'll save it when they really... when they don't ask me to do the view podcast. I'll definitely tell that story <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I when I finally get the call to do the view podcast. Um, Mikey, I, they're cutting you off for me, and I'm just going to kill them all because I. But you're also going to be in the New Jersey Boys with Nick Jonas, and I have a minute yes. left to talk about this. That's unfair. Yes. I don't know when it's coming out and I don't know where it's going to be, but we shot it this summer in <gasps> Cleveland. Nick Jonas is so good oh. as Frankie Valley, And he has, I mean, he is so, he's like perfect. He was sort of born to play this role. And um, uh, it, it, it's the original Broadway production that we remounted in Cleveland. And then they brought in a crazy camera crew to film the whole thing. And oh this musical, my God. I mean, this, you, you can't beat these songs, the four season songs. Oh, it's the best. It's the the whole original team, Sergio, Sergio Trujillo, who, who choreographed it, and Des Mackinoff, who directed it. They were all there the whole time. And we had just, it was an amazing cast. And, who are you playing? You know, Can you say? I play Bob. I play Bob Crew <gasps> and others. I play a bunch of roles. I love Bob Crew. I love Bob Crew. I can't believe you're playing Bobby Crew. I'm in shock. Keep going. <laughs> 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 but also, also detective number one. What? I'll kill him. Wait, did you see Bob, the new West Side Bob Story? Was, Who's Bob Crew? I just saw West Side Story last night. Did you? Yes. I haven't seen it. I, I heard not. it's unbelievable. Oh my gosh, it's great. <gasps> it's great. Oh, I'm so really jealous. Good. I want to see it in Italy, but I'm afraid they're going to be like Maria su cuenta. They're going to like I don't know what I even just said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Maria would, would would work, I guess. Yeah, but not in Italian. I mean, I know the plot. Right. Okay, I don't know. They're going to yell at you. And I can feel your publicist right. energy reaching through the Zoom, like literally, and she's lovely. But I feel her hand reaching through with the hook to snatch you and from pull, me. To pull, She's pulling your cord out. I feel she's it. Reaching. I feel maybe she could fan my thighs. That's what I could actually use. But let me just wrap this. And I guess you can go. You don't All have right. to stay for my outro. No, I'll get my link ready so that as soon get as we're Get the link wrapping, ready. Linked. Right you know, we call this linked out because it's going to link out. <laughs> 
It's a new, it's a new networking site. Michael Yuri, first of all, if you're not following him on Twitter, at Michael Yuri, and also he just posted the hottest photos at Michael Yuri likes it on Instagram, where literally you look like a, a male model. Um, oh. Go uh, follow Michael and go watch him in Single All the Way uh, on Netflix, obviously, but then also in this new um, show, Twits in Love, which you can download, I assume, anywhere you download podcasts, right? Anywhere you podcast, you can hear it. Absolutely. Twist it's really, really fun. Love. great cast. Oh, Michael, I wish we had another hour. I literally I adore know. you. You made my whole week. I love you so much. Merry oh, Christmas and I happy love Hanukkah. You. Bye, Mikey. Bye, Michelle. I'll see you in the neighborhood. Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production, executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores, and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend, Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at midnightsnack at earwolf.com. For more of me, tune in to The Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear the show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things, mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.